Top Shelf Fantasy. What is up, Shelfies? We have another podcast coming at you. Podcast number 264. Today's Thursday, August 31st. Me and Scotty in the studio getting ready for probably one of our favorite segments. We started it last week. We're bringing you the second half of it now. Bounce backs, busts, and dart throws. As always, follow us on topshelfantasy.com. Check out all this stuff as we post it. Uh, You'll have player rankings up there already. You'll see these in probably a day or two. Uh, And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Sorry, it's not Twitter anymore. It's X uh, at topshelffntsy. I don't know when I'm going to figure out that Twitter no longer exists. Today's not that day. Scotty, what's going on, buddy? Uh, Not too much. Just excited to talk about some bounce back players, some busts, and some dart throws. Bounce backs, though, are probably my favorite as well to talk about. Like, you get to pick a guy probably that you like a little bit secondarily one that can actually bounce back and kind of just put straight up opinion or put like an opinion based narrative to his entire season it's my favorite thing yeah and if you're wrong it's like ah whatever yeah okay i missed (laughs) okay just a bounce back guy it doesn't matter yeah um i forget who you had uh you hit yours last year though you son of a gun didn't you um i don't know who did, did i have cup last year uh, no, you had Cortland did. Sutton and Mm-mm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So I'd say no, you did not hit those. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I hit Clyde for the first four. You won your first four weeks, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. Take I'll take it. Eh, I had Lamar Jackson, which definitely not because he got hurt. And then uh, he looked good again. First few weeks, he looked decent. Um, and Saquon. So I'll take the Saquon hit. Yep. All right. Um, you got it. Let's sure, I'll start with it. my my first bounce back player is uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, it might be an easy one. I think he's a popular bounce back for a lot of people, but um, he had a pretty down year last season. Wide receiver, I think it was thirty nine and half point PPR. So right outside of wide receiver three range, which isn't as bad as we you know what people you know view him as it. But uh, 147 targets last year, eight, only 86 catches. Not only that's still pretty good. Um, 882 yards, six. No, no, zero touchdowns. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the biggest fat factor here is the six. Um, again, zero touchdowns. Um, so a guy that's that, that usually gets 147 targets. The average is about six to eight touchdowns in a season. He had zero. So this is a massive outlier season in 2022. Um, Dow's even brought this up a few podcasts ago. If he even caught three touchdowns last year, he jumps up to wide receiver 27. That's only three. So six to eight, he's he's right around where he probably should be, you know, mid-range wide receiver two. Um, another year with Kenny Pickett. Pickett's looked great in the offseason. I think he's going to take a massive step up. And everyone's talking, you know, George Pickens is going to take over that team. And it's better than Deontay Johnson and all that. I, I don't believe it. I love Pickens. But the two do such di- different things on the field. It's not like, oh, he's taking over his spot. No, Deontay Johnson's going to be that the, the, the route runner target hog. Well, Pickens is going to be the X receiver going down deep, making unreal 
catches and they can both work in that offense. This is an offense that I think can have both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Um, I mean, best case, two wide receiver twos. Um, worst case, probably wide receiver two and wide receiver three. I, I do believe that'd be Johnson. I'd take the guy that's getting it targets um, more often th- than not. But um, second half of the year last year, George Pickens, you know, made those those couple big catches. That, I mean, don't get me wrong, though. They, they were some of the best catches I've, I've ever seen in my entire life. Guy's a freak. But his targets went down the second half of the year. You think that they went up, you know, a rookie receiver second half of the year. Usually go up. They went down while Deontay's stayed consistent. They bring back the same offensive quitter in Matt Canada, who seems to love giving Deontay Johnson close to 150 targets a, a season. And we can't forget that just two years ago, he was wide receiver nine uh, in half point PPR. Um, I mean, the eight touchdowns did help, but 170 targets that year. Um, if he can get close to 150 targets again, even if it's 140, same yards of, you know, eight, 900, but just tossing four to five touchdowns, I think it's it's not easy. You would think it'd be easy with those targets, but um, gets those touchdowns again, like, God, like, you can get a steal. So if you're taking him as your wide receiver three, in a lot of leagues, people are taking him as their wide receiver four, and I think that's, that's a great value there. Um, in the day, if it doesn't work work out, you know, you didn't spend too high of a draft capital on him, but I think he can be an a- a- absolute steal and definitely a bounce back candidate this year. Yeah, I mean, I think people forget that the Steelers under Mike Tomlin have used two wide receivers like at a high level every single year. So it doesn't have to be Pickens or DJ. It can just simply be both. <laughs> I think that's a really good point to just keep remembering for every single draft that you might do is it doesn't have to be one or the other. You don't have to choose between the two. It's, it's actually two guys I'd start in the same lineup. And I don't really say that all too often. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my two cents on it. I, I agree with your point, Scotty. Yep. Uh, moving on to my first pick. This is probably less popular this year. A lot of people have been hating on this cat. He actually got traded and usually it's not a good sign when young running backs get traded, but Deandre Swift moves to a great situation in Philadelphia, at least as far as his offensive line is concerned. There's definitely some competition for reps. It's going to be Rashad Penny. There's going to be the Kenneth Gainwell games, the Boston Scott games, the Jalen Hurts show. But last year, DeAndre Swift finished the running uh, the season at running back 21, which is probably higher than you thought it was because he had such an injury-riddled season. And really all the news coming out of Detroit was about how great Jamal Williams was. It wasn't so much about DeAndre Swift or, or really any news about him at all. He'd occasionally have those huge games or huge runs, and then he'd kind of fade into the background. But he was being consistent, putting up consistent uh, points every single game. And if you can get that out of him in in an Eagles offense and on an, with an Eagles offensive line that's arguably uh, the best in the league every single year, I just I can't hate on the situation that a talented running back's going into. Um, I, I don't know. I can't find a lot of reasons to knock the situation, and I can't find a lot of reasons to knock DeAndre Swift based on what we've seen other than the injury thing, which, again, it's pervasive. We've seen him break down consistently, but if we continue to tell you that you can't project people's seasons based on injury and we continue to do that and we apply it to DeAndre Swift here, I like his, you know, his prospects this year in being at least an RB 
like 10, uh, maybe 12 might be, might be his floor. Um, I think Rashad Penny definitely could, could eat into him a bit, but I think it's more than likely that you see what we've seen out of DeAndre Swift for the majority of his career. And that's big pop plays, big touchdowns. And if you're in a league like I am uh, with cartoon scoring, where you get bonuses for, uh, you know, long touchdown runs, he's definitely a, a candidate to end around the top of the league. So um, yeah, one more season, DeAndre Swift, I'm giving it you to, I'm giving him one more year to prove it to me. Um, if he, if he beefs it this year, he'll probably never end up on my team ever again. Yeah. I mean, he's on the top two offense in the league. So, I mean, you yeah, when it boils down, right? That's what it matters. Are you on a good team? Are you in a good offense? Okay. I'll, I'll take a flyer on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. My second best player of the year is Brandon Cooks, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys now. Um, Last year was a complete d- d- disaster. Why for 49? Um, he missed four games last season. He probably could have played in more of those games, but I think it was more of just, hey, I don't want to be here. This team's tanking. This isn't you know what I want to do. Uh, only had three touchdowns last season. Um, his worst season is two t- touchdowns, but that was that concussion year. So I kind of just take that kind of out of the equation. Other than that year, he hasn't had three touchdowns since his rookie season. He's had, you know, he's he's had at least over uh, five or more each season. So, um, in nine seasons in the NFL, he's finished as a wide receiver two or better six times. Uh, the three seasons he did not was, of course, last season, the concussion year in 2019 with the Rams, and his rookie season, which makes sense for a rookie wide receiver. So. I think people forget how good Brandon Cooks is um, when you do watch him play. You know, he can do almost anything on the field. He's he's a speedster. Um, He can get down field easily. I think Dak is going to love that. And I mean, I've been harping this like crazy. I'd rather the wide receiver two in Dallas than the wide receiver one in Houston all day of the week, every day of the week. Um, Because Houston's going to be pretty bad. They're they're not going to score as much. And, I mean, say what you want about Dak and the Cowboys, how they choke in the playoffs. Oh, you're not playing the playoffs. So um, this team's going to score a lot. Um, no Zeke there anymore to take those touchdowns. I know Paul will get some more, but I mean, it's going to be the CD and Brandon Cook show. I know Gallup's there, but um, I, I just think Cooks is is a much better player than Gallup. And, you know, Three three wide receivers could work in this offense, arguably because they just pass a lot. Um, Dak could be close to five thousand yards, and Cooks I think is is a bounce back candidate for you know a hundred and ten targets. Um, I don't know seventy receptions, close to a thousand yards, and with the highest scoring offense rather than Houston, those three touchdowns could go to you know six to eight, and even higher than that so um i forget what his adp is right now but you're getting him as a bench stash almost and his ceiling is probably his ceiling is always wide receiver two more realistically probably high end wide receiver three this season um so i think if you can get that production out of him getting him very late in drafts i think that's a win yeah dude i mean like there's no reason to believe that this team can't throw the ball 
a hundred or more times than they did last year. I mean, Dak missed some time, which limited their running. Zeke leaves town, which should limit the people who can run the ball in the existing offense because Tony Pollard admittedly gets tired after 20 reps. So, uh, I mean, it's not out of the question at all that you could see, you know, Dak throw the ball, what, six, 700 times. Like, uh, there's going to be tons of looks to go around. I think the biggest question is, can Dak stay healthy? Because if Dak goes down, Cooks probably takes a a big dig in value. Um, But you've seen Cooks do it forever. And he's one of the guys that I always talk about, those like unrecognized points in in fantasy football. Like you should get half a point per yard for every yard you gain on on a PI or something like that. Like he draws more deep field pass interferences than anybody I can ever remember. Those years he played on the Patriots. It seemed like every time he'd run a route downfield, he was getting uh, PI'd because nobody can keep, can keep up with him, and he hasn't lost that speed. So, I love this pick. I think yeah, I think he's primed for a, a bounce back, um, especially you know bouncing back from Houston, where they played with Davis Mills and a hodgepodge of other guys last year that weren't really an NFL team going to the Cowboys who dominate. So, all right, moving on. I will give you my second bounce back, which is Russell, Mister Unlimited Wilson himself. Last year was embarrassing. There's no two ways to put it. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. I'm really putting this squarely on the shoulders of Nathaniel Hackett. Um, I just think he he wasn't in a position to run an NFL team. I think he maybe got the job too early. He may have might have coasted on the uh, the coattails of Aaron Rodgers to getting the job in the first place. Uh, Russell Wilson comes from a, a, an entire career of impressive seasons and then finishes this season as QB 16, which is even higher than I thought it was going to be when I first looked it up, but he kind of buoyed his season on, on some late, uh, you know, late games with some, with some big point output. So um, I think we, we can definitely see him return to a QB one form. Uh, I don't think he's top five guy, but if he finishes seven to nine, I'm going to take the hit on a, on a, on a bounce back here. I think he's easily got the weapons between Cortland Sutton and obviously I hope Jerry Judy would be healthy when I wrote this, but assuming that he's back soon, um, even Marvin Mims, I think can contribute. And then the running backs there are, are definitely um, suitable to, to what he needs to do, right? He can check down to them when he needs to, he can run play action off of them. Everybody believes that the running backs are going to run the ball in Denver. So if he decides to work play action and get out in space, and the one thing I think we need to see him do more of is use his legs like he did in Seattle. We did not see a lot of it last year. And I know a lot of it was coming down from the coaches saying, we don't want you to get hurt. I think you just got to let the guy play ball. Like, don't get in his head and let him play football. He knows what he's doing. He'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, I, much it. you you said like seven to nine. I think yeah. he's QB 12. That's QB one. So that's a hit. I'll take it. Makes my life easier. Trying to yeah, pick Marvin is. Mims right now. There's no way somebody picked him. Somebody fucking picked him. Of course they did. They how, did. how are these guys <laughs> getting my sleepers? Are you live streaming this? <laughs> All right, let's get into bust. Um, my first, my first and only bust is Tyler Lockett. Um, this could bite me in the ass. Uh, this is a guy who who's outproduces ADP every year since 2018. I mean, it's five years ago. I think mean, I think he's shown everyone, especially myself that you know this guy belongs in the nfl is good he deserves a contract he's gotten if craig's on the podcast he would just say you know i, I told you so um so in that span he's fi- he's finished as a high-end wide receiver two or low-end wide receiver one in four straight seasons last year wide receiver 13 overall which was a shock because you know no russ wilson gino's in town 
Fade Lockett, Fade DK. No, they 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 both uh, produced their ADP like freaking crazy. But those were the only two guys there last year. Uh, I want to talk too much about um, JSN. If you want to hear more about that, go on the earlier podcast of the breakouts. Um, listen to Dow's, go on the site, go to breakouts article. He'll talk about um, why JSN's a breakout of his. But that's kind of what makes Tyler Lockett a bus for me. Um, I think once JSN's back on the field, which I think he already is now, he's already practicing, so which is a, a great sign. Lockett's going back to his, his you know deep ball role. Um, the 117 targets last year. I don't know if he he can really repeat that. I mean, his biggest thing is the last five seasons. 10 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns, 10, 8, 9. I don't know if those are there this year with JSN there, especially with them drafting Charbonnet too. You you get a guy that can, you know, catch the ball and uh, do everything back, along with Ken Walker, who's going to, you know, get goal line work, and JSN that's going to demand a lot of targets, uh, a lot of goal line looks. I just don't see Lockett coming close to the that that nine touchdown range again. Um, I do believe he ends up being the odd man out. I, I I think all three can produce, but I would take Lockett as the wide receiver three on that offense, and that's why I'm making him a bust. Love it. Fits perfectly with my JSN take, so everybody go read that as well. I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, but hey, imagine if those nine touchdowns all just go to Deontay Johnson just through the ethereal mist. Now we're now we're talking. Yeah, um, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plays perfectly. Um, all right, my bust of the year. I did this last year, and I picked uh, a rookie. I don't. I don't like this. But Dallas, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Go on. This yeah. is. Oh, it's gonna hit again. I did it last year. I picked a rookie. It was Brees Hall. It only hit because Brees Hall got hurt. This year, we're gonna try it again because I feel like I owe the people another pick. That actually works out without like a, a massive asterisk on it. So Jameer Gibbs running back Detroit. I love Gibbs as a player. I, I got to start. I got to start there. I love what he can do for his NFL team, the Lions. I think what he can do is transcendent. I think he's a great talent. I think he's probably pretty damn close to what Bijan Robinson can do. However, however, I love what he can do for a fantasy team. Only if he's drafted correctly. Right now, he was sitting at running back 14, which is player number 37 off the board, which tracks to about the third or fourth round, assuming no keepers or any any other Tom Fuller with your, your top picks. And I don't really hate that value on him, but I think it's high. I don't think he's going to finish the year drafted in line with the other guys that are drafted in that same uh, territory, in that same spot. He's going to be competing for reps with David Montgomery. I don't care how many people argue with me against that they signed David Montgomery the minute that they could, they value him. He plays the type of football that Dan Campbell wants to play. And Jameer Gibbs could just very easily fall into that Deandre Swift role that we saw a season ago. If Deandre Swift and Jameer Gibbs are the same player and Jameer Gibbs's upside is RB 21, then you drafted them seven spots too early based on his ADP value. I don't doubt that he's going to be involved in the offense, I just think that he's going to struggle with what all rookie running backs struggle with, which is pass protection 
And with what the Detroit Lions want to do this season with Jared Goff and the bevy of wide receivers they have, and even their other talented running back in David Montgomery and their fantastic offensive line, I think he's going to struggle to stay on the field in crucial downs. David Montgomery is no, uh, you know, pass blocking is not a foreign concept to him. It's what he's done his whole career in Chicago because the offensive line hasn't been able to stop a nosebleed. And I think that type of player is going to just eat reps early on. Now, Gibbs throughout the course of the season could pick it up. He could be doing great in camp for all I know and, and be ready to compete. But early on, I think David Montgomery sees the lion's share of reps. And I think, honestly, Jameer Gibbs falls into that DeAndre Swift role at least early in the season. And by that point, it's going to be hard to make up ground. We talked about it on the last podcast with JT missing four games. Now, Gibbs is going to be out there for four games, assuming he stays healthy. So he should be able to chip away at that. But if you lose a ton of reps early, it's tough to make up a lot of ground just on you know a point uh, point per game basis. So I just I don't want to say I don't like him. I don't want to say he's not a good player because both those things aren't true. But where he's going at RB fourteen. I don't know if we have updated ADP data. I should probably get that. But we're in, you know, a couple weeks ago when we wrote this. He, was mm, at he might be higher. He might be higher. So if, if he's gone even higher, my point is even more true. I think he's going to struggle to live up to that value where you dra- where you are being forced to draft him if he's on your team. So I don't know. That's, that's it. He's going to finish below his draft ADP spot. That makes him a bust to me. Now, if it's one or two spots, I don't think that's really a bust. That's just kind of the way it goes. But I think it'll be significantly, you know, maybe 10 spots below his ADP. I did get him in a league a couple weeks ago. Uh, six, sixth round, though. He mm. he fell to I him. love him in the sixth round. Yeah. Um, as an yeah. RB2. So, I mean, that was one of those, like, go heavy on the receivers, get yep. Kelsey in the first round kind of thing. Yep. Um, oh, dude, if you, get him, if you got him in the sixth round, that part, that, that's going to put him at RB 25 off the board. That's perfect. It's, it's almost exactly in line with my point here. Yep. All right. Now, um, dart throws. If you guys are wondering that that's what a dart sounds like, <laughs> um, you're checking out the dartboard. It's more like a bow and arrow, but whatever. Um, my dart throw. First was going to be Corey Davis. Um, unfortunately, he decided to retire at the age of 28, which is a usually the prime, prime age for a wide receiver. But um, the reason I think that that was going to hit was they could have cut him. They could have saved around like eight to ten million dollars to do so. They didn't. They get rid of Marvin Mims. They get rid of Elijah Moore. I think they wanted to use Corey Davis a lot. And then he retired. So I had a you know tilt, and it just it was a fantasy gods just telling us pick Kendrick Bourne. Someone's gonna do it every year. So all right, fuck it. I'll pick Kendrick Bourne again. Not again. I think Dallas had him last year and two years ago. Always. But um I mean Kendrick Bourne made the roster, which I think all summer was like, oh, is he gonna make it or not? He's not playing in the preseason, he's not really playing in camp. But Especially me and Dowd are sitting here saying like he's arguably the best receiver for the Patriots. I still think he is all around. I think I all around Kenny Bourne is not easily, but he, I believe he is the best receiver on the Pats. Just two years ago, wide receiver thirty. That's a wide receiver three that 
you probably didn't even draft. You picked him up. He finished as wide receiver three. That's a huge hit. I think that was your dart throw of the year that year. And holy shit, great. Only five touchdowns too. It's not not like oh you know he it was off the back of you know a ten touchdown season like a Hunter Henry esque kind of thing. Eight hundred yards, fifty five receptions. I think that that that's even fair to to expect it this year. Last season, just with um, Patricia, he said something he didn't. He said something to Patricia that Patricia didn't like before week one in the doghouse, wasn't playing. And then you saw week one, where's Bourne? He comes out for one play, makes a 40 yard grab, and he's benched again. And Mac Jones, I think it's his favorite receiver by far. He's been his, receiver, his favorite receiver since day one. That's why he was pissed a lot last year. It's like, you're taking away my go to guy that I want to play with every single down. Like we, we know right. he, he knows where to be. He knows where I want him to be. Um, So th- this is the guy's definitely going undrafted. These are where dart throws are like get him the last round. If not put him on your watch list on sleeper, hit the star, you know, follow the sky. Um, Cause it could be a waiver wire ad. Last podcast. We talked about tackle and Thornton's on the IR. So it leaves Juju Smith, Schuster, Tawante Parker, and, then a couple of rookies. That's about it. Um, I believe this has been part of my bold prediction, which we'll probably do with a bold prediction podcast uh, early next week. Um, he leads the the Patriots in receiving yards. Um, I'm not saying he's the wires for one there. I think Juju can, um, you know, outproduce him in touchdowns and targets and receptions. But overall, I think Bourne ends up being the the leading receiver for the Patriots. I love it. Yep. You knew I would, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just straight up better than Devonte Parker in every aspect. I don't even think we're going to have that conversation. Cause I don't think anybody disagrees. I think he's faster and more athletic than Juju at this point in his career. And I think that he knows the system better because it takes a while to learn the Patriot system. And like you said, he's, he's Mac Jones's favorite target. He knows where to be. He knows the routes. He knows what he's supposed to do. And all we've seen is him do it well and do it perfectly, quite honestly. He just, for whatever personal uh, vendetta that Matt Patricia had against him, couldn't get on the field. And that's, I don't know, it's kind of bullshit to lose NFL games because of your coach's uh, ineptitude and, and attitude. So, sucks to see, but hopefully he has a huge bounce back. I mean, I think the only person that's a threat to his role is probably uh, Kayshawn Booty, but... I'm, I think if you put those two up against each other, Kendrick Bourne blows them out of the water at this point. You know, I mean, Booty maybe in the, in the future can get there, but um, I, I don't know. I think Bourne is just easily far and away uh, a freak of an athlete and has done fantastic at, since joining the past. I mean, he's he reminds me of like what Julian Edelman was, except faster and more athletic and bigger, yeah. <laughs> but just not as involved. So, I mean, yeah, who knows? We'll see. Um, I, I talk more about uh my draft throw than born than I will about yeah then, <laughs> I don't really care but um I picked Khalil Shakir uh, I think the logic behind it is just that he's on a fantastic offense with Josh Allen Stefan Diggs I mean is obviously far and away the top dog there if he has some sort of issue that people keep talking about that he doesn't want to be in Buffalo that opens the door I don't really think that that's gonna be the case so I didn't want to talk too much about that but Gabe Davis is what I want to talk about more and he just Shows these flashes of huge games and then disappears into absolutely the abyss uh, for for long stretches. 
every time he does that, it opens the door for the next guy up. And last year we saw Isaiah McKenzie have the occasional game where he stepped up and, and was a big impact player. Khalil Shakir, I think, can do the same thing. He's bigger than Isaiah McKenzie was, but he's about the same size as Gabe Davis. And he's an absolute burner. Um, we saw him, you know, on occasion last year get involved in some plays, but I think if they can build maybe a few more plays and design for him, he can also get more used to the offense. I just think there's a lot of potential in an offense like like the Bills where they're going to throw the ball a lot for him to not only score touchdowns, but to add a ton of yardage to um, you see a lot of targets, get a lot of receptions and and maybe even be involved in some gadgety stuff. So I think he's just in a good situation. And when I pick a dart throw, somebody that I just think has the potential to pop big, they got to be people tied to, to good situations where they can contribute. Yeah, that, I mean, there's got to be a two there or even a three, like if Gabe Davis does take the two role, but there's got to be a slot guy. Right. It's either him or Deontay Hardy, so you got to pick one of them. Yeah, and they've seemed like non-committal on Deontay Hardy. Like, I have not heard a lot. I haven't heard a thing, and I, I love that signing months ago, but yeah, yeah I haven't so heard a goddamn thing about him, which... And, I mean, you can look at that two ways, right? You can look at it as a bad thing because you haven't heard anything, or you can look at it as a great thing because they already know that he's locked into his role on the team and there's no reason to play him in, in camp or get him hurt. Yeah, it's true. You never know. All right, well, that does it with our player picks. Um, some good ones, so take a look at our website for the full list, the full description. Um, if you have drafts this weekend, we'll get our draft kit updated and out on the website. Um, if you don't look at our website, just send us a text, send us an email, we'll send it right over. Um, I sent a few over tonight, actually a couple of my buddies and my brother had a draft tonight. So, um, they're all using the exact same draft kit. So we'll see how that draft goes. Uh, (laughs) sorry in advance. We aren't, we are not fantasy pros. We're a lot better than that. (laughs) Um, Uh, I also am projected to win my week one matchup. So that's pretty much a win. Yeah. Yeah. Predictions are always spot on. Spot on. Um, Perfect. Every time. And then our. Again, a week from today, NFL starts our TSF listener draft, which will be a podcast as well. Uh, next Wednesday, September 6th. So the day before the NFL happens, we like to get that as close to the season start as possible. Get a you know a clean as clean as a slate as you can for this draft. Um, again, the listening draft consists of of six players that played before. Um, all being either winners or runners up than six new people. So, uh, again, Zay Flowers jersey, unreal. It looks fresh, too. Fresh to death. All right. um, That will do it, Dows. Take us out. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid.